Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Or the mom who went to church. She was known as the best Sunday school teacher. She was an incredible teacher. But at home, she lied, she cheated, she was having an affair. She didn't even live the life. But what does the kid do? They see that, know it's wrong, and say, I'm never stepping into that lifestyle again. Parents want the best for their kids. They hope that their children grow up to be better people than they are. They understand that they need to be good role models to their children, but often don't realize how perceptive they can be. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about God's warnings to the Israelites. You'll hear about promises both good and bad. You'll learn about the importance of the parents' consistent right living before God and the consequences for future generations if they fail to live right. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 20 as he begins his message, An Inheritance of Blessing. We'll turn to Exodus chapter 20. We'll begin in a moment in verse 4. I want you to answer, finish these statements that I'm going to give you. Like mother, like daughter, good, good. Like father, like son. Why do we say like? Mother, like daughter, like father, like son. Because we all know that parents have a great influence in our lives. All of us were born into a home. Our parents were designed by God to be people of influence. Now, whether you're, you're a parent today or a grandparent or you're a student and not yet married, we have some principles that God speaks to us about our parents. You see, in some ways, we are all like our parents. Our parents not only pass on genes to us, how tall we're going to be, whatever, what the hips look like in back, what my face looks like, the diseases I'm prone to, but they pass on to us characteristics, traits, in patterns of living. God understood the power of influence from parents. And so in our scripture today, God is going to give us 
a sober warning, but then an incredible promise. We're in this series on the Ten Commandments. And these cones, well, they represent God's guardrails for living. If we'll obey the Ten Commandments, we'll enjoy life. God didn't give us these Ten Commandments because He hated us. He gave them to us because He loved us. And in these parameters, we're able to walk and live. And when we get to the end of this, don't forget this, I'll talk about it a number of times, the end of our life is in one of two destinations. Now, we don't get to heaven by being good enough, keeping the Ten Commandments. We get to heaven by grace and by faith. You have to accept Jesus Christ. It's a gift. You can't earn it. But then we prove it by walking. Now, this, by the way, is the only path of freedom. It's the only path that has any purpose and meaning into it at all. And it's really just how to do life. So the children of Israel are new to this thing with God. There's two million of them. And so God gives these Ten Commandments, and they're kind of like, well, what does this have to do with me? And you'll see where he focuses it. Take a look at Exodus chapter 20. We begin in verse 4. God says, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the waters below. And you shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And here comes the difficult part. Punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Wow. What does that mean? Well, let's take the first word, jealous. I'm a jealous God. You see, God said, first commandment, I'm the only God. There's no other God. You worship me. One true God. Remember, we learned if we don't get that one right, the rest of them don't matter. I cannot commit adultery. I cannot steal. But if I don't have only one true God then the rest of it doesn't matter. And then he said, the second commandment, he said, don't make an idol of anything. It's a personal relationship. So God says, I have to be first in your life. Everything revolves around me, not you. It revolves around me. Well, why the word jealous? In the Bible, God and his relationship with people always has an analogy of a marriage. And so God says this, I'm the husband quote, you're my wife, Israel. We have the same picture in the New Testament. The body of Christ is the bride of Christ. And if you're a husband here, no way you're sharing your wife with another man. You won't do it. You'd be jealous. So God says, no way I'm sharing you with other gods. So I'm jealous for you. That's simply what it means. Now, what about this punishing children for the sins of mom and dad? Well, that all goes down to a principle that are the last two words in verse 5. Look at them, and you might want to circle them. Hate me. In other words, hating God is the key to understanding this. 
Well, let's define what hating God is. If you walked out up to the avenues today or down in Sebastian area or here in Melbourne, and you walked out and you, you just randomly went up to 100 people and said, do you love or hate God? You'd find very few people, you'd find some, that would say, I hate God. Most people would say, well, I love God. Or I believe in God. Well, what does that really mean? Well, here's what the word says. First John 5, 3 says this. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. They're not hard. So if I say I love God, then I'll obey whatever God asks me to do. So notice, loving God is directly tied in with obeying God. Well, let's reverse it. If I love God, I'll obey God. If I don't obey God, what's the opposite of love? That's it. So God says this horrible truth, this sober warning, has to do with people that say, Oh, I love God, but I'll just live my life how I want to live. No, no, no. You really hate God. Now, you would never say that, but God says you hate him because obedience and love, you can't break that. It's tied together. But notice in this verse something that we've forgotten in our world. This commandment, first and second commandment, is centered in the home. He speaks about fathers first, and then, of course, mothers. Why do I say that? Because you can't have children without a father and without a mother. By the way, we won't have time now, but another commandment, we'll get to it. The lifestyle that is proposed in our world today of two men and two women was never and never will be God's home. You cannot have two women and have a child. You cannot have two men and have a child. So God doesn't say in this home to the you two fathers or you two mothers. No, he says to a father, naturally there's a mother. That's where the child comes from. And he says, I've designed the home. This is where we've missed it. The home is the foundation of the world. Doesn't matter where you go. This is thousands of years ago. Never changed. The home is the foundation. One man, one woman, loving God, together for life with children. That's God's design of the home. Now, what God says to the fathers first and then to the mothers, when you disobey God and his commandments... It has an effect on you as a parent. Ah, but also on your children. In fact, the consequences, parents, grandparents, of your rebellion against God, your sin, will be seen or felt for many generations. You say, well, I don't believe that. Oh, that's absolutely true. First thing I want you to write on our campuses is this. We do not live in isolation. We all influence others. 
You see, God made us a person of influence. And Romans 14, 7 says, For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. Ecclesiastes 9.18 says, One sinner can destroy much that is good. So every single person listening to me is a person of influence. You're either influencing for good, or you're influencing for bad. And so God says, no matter who you are, your life is affecting others. And God says, Spiritually, that's true. But let me give you some illustrations of how that works outside of spiritual. Let's think about how one generation affects the next generation. In other words, we influence. People are looking at our lives. Well, think about this. What happened to this generation that we live in right now in our time frame? What influence were there from a camel man or a lucky man. Back in the 40s and 50s, everyone smoked those cigarettes that no filters, no nothing. We loved it. Man, it was the thing to do. Did that affect the generation we're living in right now? Yeah, because we didn't know what. We didn't know that cigarettes killed lung cancer. And so today, lung cancer is still very prevalent. Why? Because the sins of that generation were transferred to this generation. Let me ask you something. The pollution that's happening in our world right now, will it have any effect on our grandkids a hundred years from now? Will it? Absolutely. Let me ask you another one. You'll like this one. Some of you won't know, but you'll catch it in a moment. How many of you were raised in a home and in your home was a big can of Crisco. Let me see your hand. Raise your hand. Raise them all up. Everyone with your hand raised, go to the doctor, immediately get a heart exam. <laughs> Why? Well, Pastor Mark, that made the fluffiest crust for that cherry pie. Woo! The biscuits were terrific. Yeah, that's why we have open heart surgery. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, one generation affects another generation. Let me give you one more example. Do you think that the fiscal buyout today will affect our grandchildren tomorrow? Good or bad? Bad. See, that's common sense. Our kids are going to be saddled with the debt. It's unbelievable. But see, it's very easy to talk about all these things, health and smoking and whatever. But the principle, spiritually, is identical. That's what Jesus is saying. He says to us, when you begin thinking about, spiritually, a person of influence, obviously is a parent first, when that begins to happen, what happens? These are the guardrails that God gave. His commandments. Not only the Ten Commandments, but when we get to the New Testament, all the Scripture, these are the guardrails. God says, I love you. Stay within these. So if a parent says, well, I like this one, but I'm going to live basically my life outside of here. Who follows? The children. They're too young when they're really young to understand that. And so the child follows. And so... The spiritual principle is exactly the same. God says if parents live outside of God's guardrails, 
Not only will the parents suffer, but the footsteps of our kids will cause them to suffer. It's a given. It's an absolute given. Children are influenced by the lifestyle of their parents. And many times a teenager will follow their parents unknowingly because in their mind, in that grid system, they watch this pattern of living and they just duplicate it. Now, the next thing you want to write as a principle, this is what God just says in this verse, disobeying God, in other words, hating God, sin, has negative consequences. That is also a no-brainer. God says, if you live within my guardrails, good things will happen to you. If you live outside, bad things will happen to you. The problem is it won't just happen to you, parent, or grandparent. You're a person of influence first to your children and grandchildren. That will affect them as well. When a parent is involved in, quote, hating God, that means they simply refuse to obey God in his commandments. What does that lifestyle look like in a home where a parent just lives outside of the biblical principles? The result in a lifestyle ends up with drugs and alcohol and sexual abuse and bitterness and unforgiveness and uncontrolled temper, anger, infidelity, lust, lying, stealing, hypocrisy, greed, pride, materialism, worship of self. You see, that lifestyle has a definite effect on children. Their grid system is being built, and it focuses on these evil influences. The next thing we see is these children grow up to be young adults. And often, because of that grid system, because of what they were raised with, a cheating dad, a dad that never home, always the business is it, that person becomes, in many ways, like father, like son. Like mother, like daughter. And the next thing we know, the son or daughter become drug users. They become infected with the HIV. They become alcoholics. A mom raises a child who is a cocaine baby. A son raised in a home watches his dad abuse and beat his mother. He becomes that kind of a husband. He's an abuser. That was his role model. A daughter watches her mom. Her mom is promiscuous. Her mom is what we look on television today and laugh at. Desperate housewives. Garbage. Pretty soon, she becomes promiscuous. She's an adulterer. Why? She watched the role mother. The same one. But even sometimes worse than all of that, we find this principle of children matching the parents' lifestyle in the church. There are children today, but they're actually adults, who will never go back to church, won't have anything to do with God, 
Here's why. When they were young, well, they were raised in a home. The dad was a deacon in church, highly respected at home. He abused his wife. She would never tell. He was horrible. And the kids saw that hypocrisy. The church loved him. He would even teach. He was one thing there, but something very different. And he would never step in the church again. Why? Blamed it on God. Or the mom who went to church. She was known as the best Sunday school teacher. She was an incredible teacher. But at home, she lied. She cheated. She was having an affair. She didn't even live the life. Well, what does the kid do? They see that, know it's wrong, and say, I'm never stepping into that lifestyle again. That's why a harsh warning from God to parents and to grandparents. Stop and think. Fathers, mothers... Count the cost of the effect of your lifestyle upon your family. You see, if you hate God, if you disobey God and have nothing to do with God, then because of that, you will suffer. But there's a domino effect of that sin. And God says it lasts sometimes up to four generations. God says the sins of the mothers and the fathers will be passed on to the next generation. And that cycle of unfaithfulness just continues. Let me give you a perfect example. Back in the 30s and 40s in China and Russia, the government of both of those countries stood and said this, no God. Remember? What happened to the next generation? No God. What about the next generation? No God. So why do we go to Russia? Why do we go to China? Why will I go in again to China in in June? Why do we go to these countries? Because something can break that cycle. By the way, it's the person Jesus Christ. Let me ask you, how many of you were raised in a home... You never saw your parents read the Bible. You might have gone to church once or twice a year, but your parents basically didn't live by godly principles. You really never understood any of these. In other words, your parents were maybe good moral people, but they definitely didn't have anything to do really with God and a relationship with God or the Bible. Let me see your hand. Take a look around you. Now, how did you get here? By the grace of God. Somebody came to you and broke the cycle. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Today, Pastor Mark taught about the fact that children often resemble their parents not only in physical appearance, but behavioral patterns, both good and bad. You learn it's the same in the spiritual world. As a Christ follower, you're expected to change your behavior and actions to be like that of your new primary role model, Jesus Christ. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. 
Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching and inheritance blessing. You'll find out more about the seriousness that God attaches to his name and reputation. Pastor Mark will carry on his talk about the relationship between loving God and obeying him and the opposite of those things. You'll be challenged to re-examine how well you represent God to your friends and family. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, 10 Living Words. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.